how good a judge of kobold beefcake is Tez? Look, I don't see Tez turning down a hot kobold, you know? So, like, <laughs> I don't think he's really into dudes, but, like, <laughs> real recognize real. Live from the Mundangerous Twisted Grove in New York City, I'm your host, Shane. And I'm your host, Ishan. And welcome to Actual Play Episode 13 of Total Party Thrill, a podcast for game masters and players where we discuss our campaigns in order to inspire yours. In this episode, we're continuing our playthrough of the 5th edition adventure, Sunless Citadel. Eberron is a sorrowful place. Where the five great nations on the continents of Corvair fought a hundred-year war for the throne of Galifar, and only recently settled for peace after a mysterious magical calamity called the Day of Mourning. Eberron is a wondrous place where magic is studied and industrialized. And living constructs called Warforged rub shoulders with elves, dwarves, and changelings on elementally powered airships and lightning trains. Eberron is a mysterious place where powerful magical tattoos called Dragon Marks shape the fate of their bearers, and the secrets of ancient empires and evils lie buried just below the surface. Of course, dear listener, you don't need to know any of that to follow the adventures of our hero, Tez Proudgale. He's just a rogue archaeology student unearthing secrets in the hinterlands of southern Breland, close to the borders of the gnome nation Zalargo and the goblin nation Dargoon. Though if you do want to learn more about Eberron, check out Total Party Thrill episode 33 for our full overview of the Eberron campaign setting. Tez Proudgale has infiltrated the mm, third layer of a sunken fortress that apparently has been here for thousands of years and has stumbled upon a man who calls himself uh, very classily i might add the outcast mm-hmm. uh, and has been offered apparently immortality also he's That's looking a- for treasure yeah it sounds like a trap that word hangs in the air for a moment and then balak the outcast a druid repeats it he says immortality uh i thought i thought that might be greeted with a, a little more interest I, I don't know not not a good deal Look, man, I'm just trying to finish my thesis, okay? And I've got a pretty good start on it right now, but I do need those adult children to return to their parents, and then I can go on my way and pay my tuition and get on with my life. So, like, if it's all the same to you, I would just like to leave. He looks a little bit crestfallen at all this information. Is it a, a, a student? Are these... Looks at Meepo and Erky. Your interns? Is this a field trip? This is more of a field study. And uh, my associates here are, well, my associates. So he takes a, almost a, a step back to sort of gather his bearings. And then, like, for a second, he's, he's just thinking, what, what am I even doing here? And looks at you and says, wait, who are you? Ah, I'm Tez Proudgale of the Lazar Proudgales. As if that is supposed to mean something to me. I'm a rogue archaeology student at the university. Mm, the University of Korenberg? Morgrave University. Why do people keep saying this? 
Morgrave? <laughs> a nation state school. <laughs> well, I hope you enjoy having your tuition pay for uh, sports. Dude, you live in a cave, okay? Uh, this is a sunken citadel. I don't know what you're talking about. All right, fine. Can I study it, please? And can I get these kids back? I don't want your immortality. I kind of don't even... Well, I am actually curious. I'm actually really, really curious, but you're kind of being, like, a little standoffish right now, my dude. And you got these twig blights that keep attacking me. Ah, yes. Um, you can see there, yes, uh, uh, what you can see, three twig blights uh, have sort of been milling about and now have come to stand near him. And he puts down uh, a hand and sort of creepily, gently caresses uh, one of their stalks and says, yes, they are magical, beautiful creatures. They've spawned from the Golthias tree. Uh, I, as a player, know what Golthias is, but mm -hmm. does Tez, as a uh, as a rogue archaeology student who's pilfered his notes, know what Golthias is? The name will definitely not ring a bell to him. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the what now? And at this, he smiles. He says, ah, the Golthias tree, yes. It called to me many years ago. It saved my life, you know. Prevented me from being in Seer on the day of mourning. Oh. Well, yes. That I mean, <laughs> obviously whatever you've got going here is better than that. Let me tell you, there's plenty more good things coming out of the Golthias tree. And he looks at you and says, if you've made it this far, you've learned a great deal about a Shardalon. Uh, yeah. I mean, a lot, but if I'm being honest with you, not quite enough to write my thesis yet, so if you want to fill in some blanks for me, like, that'd be really cool. A Shardalon was a dragon who wanted to extend his life, mm -hmm. but he was also a fool. Mm. He made a deal with the vampire Gothias, and they built this facility to discover how to keep the dragon alive far beyond his Great Worm stage. But he betrayed Gothias when he decided to go in a, a different direction. They had a, a, a bad parting, if you will. He staked him here in this very spot. Yet, in his wrath, Ashardalon created the very thing he was searching for, but he never knew because he left before the Golthias tree could sprout from the very stake that killed Golthias. And here it stands thousands of years later to give us eternal life. So Tez will kind of like take a moment to look this tree up and down, you know, and he's kind of like leaning on one hip with sort of like uh, one hand on his chin and, and sort of his his head kind of cocked to the side. I don't know, man. I don't really see it. You think you think this is a vampire tree? You can't see its beauty. You can't hear it call out to you. And if you stare at it for a moment, you do you do like get this sudden impulse to to walk up to it and and this, there's this fleeting image in your mind of you embracing the tree, leaning into the bark, pressing up close against it and being absorbed into it. Yeah, it's creepy. Okay, all right. Beautiful is a stretch, though. Special, maybe. Oh, oh, it is indeed special. For this tree can keep us all alive forever. Extends a hand toward uh, the two humans nearby. You can see one is Sharwin Hucreel, uh, one of the adult human children you're looking for, and the other is Sir Brayford, uh, the paladin, one of the four companions who set out to find the sunken citadel from Mistmarsh back in the day. 
both of them, uh, their skin has a mottled, almost bark-like gray hue. But you've seen enough, enough undead to know that they don't look they don't look dead. They they just look, you know, worse for wear. Charwin. Uh, she makes no acknowledgement of uh, your words. Sir Brayford. Nothing at all. They they stare ahead, unblinking. Skelebro? Skelebro! There's no response from Skelebro. But the fire behind you still continues and, in fact, is raging a little bit. My reanimated undead companion, <laughs> my reanimated skeleton, is more responsive than they are. I don't know if that's really the future I'm looking for. I'm kind of more of a wisecracking, quick-quipping, you know, rogue archaeologist. I can't just turn to bark by getting absorbed by a tree. Yeah, it showed me the vision. Also, how are you here? How are you not absorbed by it, too? So so he sort of like rolls up his sleeves a little bit, stands a little taller, leans into his staff, which you can see is made of the same type of sickly gray wood that the uh, vines and the tree are made of. And you can see that his arms actually have the same gray model hue. Oh, I have embraced the tree. But as you can see, those of strong will don't come out as thralls. You said the tree called to you, but you came from far away. That's what they said in the town. You came at least from beyond the town. Certainly from beyond the town, yes. But ask anyone in the tiny town of Mistmarsh what far away is, and they would say perhaps ten leagues. It's a tiny town full of tiny mines. It's still a day's journey. How did you hear? Like, what, the tree reached out to you individually across miles? I have been chosen by the tree to avoid the long winter ahead. You too can avoid the winter. The tree, I think, calls to you. Gold calls to me. Gold. And knowledge. But also gold. That's what calls to me. I've heard that call my whole life. Ah. I've never heard this tree. I should have known Tez Proudgale of Moorgrave University, a place of charlatans and thieves masquerading as academics. You're right. <laughs> I hope you enjoy pilfering the artifacts of other civilizations and putting them on display. I do. How did you know? It's almost like it's the name of my degree. <laughs> I took a shot in the dark. You know, who are you to come here to my grove to judge me when you don't even know your own companions? The twig blights, they tell me much. What, are they, what have they told you? And I turn to my companions and I just give them both a thumbs up like, hey, we're still cool. Erky gives you a thumbs up back and then he looks over at Meepo and Meepo, uh, well, his bottom jaw starts to quiver a little bit. And he looks at Erky and he looks at you and his eyes grow wide. Tears start to flow out of his eyes. His claws clamp onto his snout to keep it from whimpering, but he, he just can't hold it in. And he starts, he starts bawling and, and crying. Oh, Meepo is a fraud. Meepo is a fraud. Meepo, in what way are you a fraud? The evil druid man knows and the twig blights know too, Meepo. Meepo is, <laughs> Meepo is, and he's like panting and trying to calm himself so he can actually talk. Meepo is not, not a brave and strong kobold who, who watches the dragon because he is the smartest and, and best of the tribe. No, 
the, the, the other kobolds, they do not like Meepo. Meepo, can I be completely honest with you in this moment? I already know that, and I like you anyway. <laughs> this panting sort of slows down a little bit. And you know what else, Meepo? They're wrong. Maybe you don't know it yet, but I do. They're all wrong. They've got you wrong. He wipes away big round tears out of his eyes. and <laughs> They they make Meepo watch Calstrix because they're jealous because Meepo is so handsome. <laughs> and he puts a he puts a claw like one claw under his chin and uh, cocks his head to the side, and you can see like his eyebrow ridges raise, and, and he does this little uh, pose, which is obviously very practiced. Is it handsome, Ishan? Ah, uh, this is an excellent question, Shane. How good a, a judge of kobold beefcake is Tez? <laughs> well. Tez is naturally insightful, but not mm-hmm. particularly trained in this. And also, I don't see like I don't see Tez turning down a hot cobalt, you know? So like <laughs> I don't think he's really into dudes, but like <laughs> I think he would recognize like I think, you know, he real recognize real. Can 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 he appreciate the look here? And now now that Tez looks, um, Meepo has always had shiny scales. He always takes good care of himself. You know, like, like everything's about, yeah, yeah, Meepo's a hot kobold. Yeah, sure. Why not? Meepo has eight charisma. <laughs> Which I think is pretty good for a kobold. Pretty personality oriented, yeah. Uh, also a charisma spellcaster. Who knew? <laughs> uh, okay, so, so Tez will crack a smile and then I think drop to one knee and put his arm around Meepo. You're the only kobold for me. And then under his breath, he'll whisper, make sure that head knocker's handy. (laughs) Meepo is finally able to calm himself down, like has one more big sniffle uh, with a whole lot of mucus in there. I don't even know if lizards have mucus, but there's a lot of mucus in there. (laughs) And then he he flashes Tez a big toothy smile. Um, You can see his, his one claw does drop down low to where he keeps his sling. Uh, but then behind you, you hear a little, uh, uh, mm, ahem, uh, 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 I think our new friend might be talking about me. And you turn around and uh, Erky's looking a little bit sheepish. Okay. Erky, I guess we've never had a conversation about what you were doing in the uh, <laughs> kobold warrens or the goblin nests. But I suppose that's what Belak is trying to do, to drive a wedge between us in order to manipulate us into becoming thralls of this tree. I'm glad you see it that way, Tez, because now I have an opportunity to explain myself. Oh no, bud. You had three days to explain (laughs) yourself. This is kind of a last-ditch effort. All I have to say is, trust me. I think, I think you should, you should trust me here. And he taps his holy symbol, which you know to be the octogram of the Sovereign Host, and it flows like it's turned into liquid. Uh, into, instead of an octogram, an octagon, golden in color. And you can see uh, engraved in it are the common letters, R-D-E-T. I let myself be captured because I had to get close to the dragon. And he taps each letter in turn. Rogue, dragon, 
extraction team. I was on a mission, Tez, and I ran into you. You work for the chamber, huh? Mmm, the chamber. Interesting that you even know about the chamber. No, no, I work for someone much better. Like I said, trust me on this. Give me, give me a history check. Uh, 17. Do I have Onatar's blessing? <laughs> <laughs> you do not, but a 17 is, a 17 is pretty good. So, you know how in the real world, everybody knows that the CIA and MI6 exists, even if you don't necessarily know what they do, right? Yes, yes. Everybody knows that there is a quote-unquote secret organization in Zalargo, run by the gnomes, called The Trust. That basically does covert ops. However, you are not an ordinary person. You know a lot about history. You know a lot about secret stuff. You know that... The gnomes of the trust will do whatever it takes to keep Zalargo safe and to keep the secrets of artifice and of the gnomes of, of Zalargo national property. So sometimes those uh, operatives will do things that other people might uh, might find unscrupulous. It just sort of depends on the operative. They have all, a lot of leeway in terms of how they handle things. Um, you have not heard of the Rogue Dragon Extraction Team, but um, it sounds pretty intense. Tez is a rogue archaeologist. He knows that if you ask somebody if they're a cop, they have to tell you they're a cop. <laughs> Otherwise, it's entrapment. And yet, he didn't think to ask the guy who was already in jail if he was a cop. <sighs> okay, Erky, I'll, uh, you know, I actually, honestly, I was kind of hopeful that uh, you did work for the chamber, but I'm guessing you work for the trust. Guilty, I'm afraid. Things start to fall into place for you now. Erky's ability to take a massive amount of damage without dying, the fact that he never really shied away from undead stuff even though he was supposedly a cleric, the fact that he seemed just as interested as you are in all of this dragon lore, didn't really like comport with uh, a cleric of Onatar, but you know, for a while you were just figuring, oh, he's, he's growing and blooming, but now it seems like maybe that was just who he was all along. Look, Tez, I'll be honest with you. For once. I was here to take care of Calsrix. But we did that. With flying colors I met at. We're a great team. And then I found out that there is apparently an evil druid and a grove down here. And let me tell you, uh, Mama Timbers didn't raise a son who lets an evil tree go without getting burnt to the ground. So we're here and I say we do this. All right, Bellic. You've made your play. How would you like this to end? He looks at all three of you, and he seems a bit disappointed that there hasn't been any infighting. In fact, that the three of you might be even more united in purpose. Would you say that we might be inspired? Ooh. You know what? Yeah. You know, I think I think all three of you get inspiration. <gasps> a mechanic of 5th edition we haven't <laughs> used yet? <laughs> in 13 episodes? <laughs> But let's do it the reroll way instead of the must choose ahead of time and get advantage way so that it will actually be useful. Okay. Okay. Cool. I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> so he seems a little put upon, but then says, I don't understand why you're not interested in, in this offer. Embrace the tree, join this new family here, and if you are strong enough of will, you'll live forever. But if that's not something they're into, then... Oh, well, I suppose 
Underwhelming odds. Oh no, my one weakness. Yes, you've come with only three people. Belak, are you going to live forever? Is that, is that what you're telling me? You're going to live forever? Oh, indeed. What is immortality? Are you looking for a dictionary definition? No, I mean, what does immortality mean to you? Does that mean you can't die? I cannot die. It's true. Well. So we will fight, and you've brought, mm, a sword? Oh, I draw my sword, and then I draw my dagger, and I say, I brought two swords. Well, well, then let's see how sharp they are. And let's roll initiative. So Tez is 13 plus 3 is 16. Meepo was 13 plus 2 is 15. And Erky was 15, I think, minus 1. Okay. Um, your choice. Who do you want to go first, Meepo or Erky? Probably Meepo. Great. Oh, boy. All right. So we have... Top of the round. Um, hmm. Give me a perception check. Thought you'd never ask. 21. 17 plus 4. You see the big frog in the tree. A weirdly big frog um, is in one of the lower branches of the tree. So we're going to go frog, Tez, Balak, Meepo, Erky, the Twig Blights, Sir Brayford, Sharwin, who both seem, you know, stiff-jointed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then that'll be the round. So the frog does nothing. Tez can go. How close are we all together? Would you have wanted to be within striking distance or would you have kept your distance? I think kept our distance. I don't know that we would have been like next to each other. I think we social distanced. Right. Okay. Then let's say you're uh, 50 feet from them. Oh, I think no, that's like we would have had to shout to have a conversation. I think I was thinking more like 15 feet. Oh, that. I would say that's close. Let's say you're 30 feet away then. Okay. All right, cool. So that puts you about 60 feet from the tree. Got it. I have in my inventory a bomb of decay. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Do I feel like I could throw that 30 feet? You definitely feel like you could throw it 30 feet. Now, this is you found it in what you can only surmise was Balak's laboratory. True. Let's see, the decay... Oh, right, it was the rat, right? Give me... Arcana or medicine? Just you, no help. Yeah. Because Tez is pondering this. They're the same. Oh, God. I'm keeping this die forever. 16 plus 2, 18. You remember you got it from the room where a a rat, a giant rat, had been vivisected. And it looked like it had been injected into the rat. And then the rat sprouted like gray, woody growths and then lichen type. Oh, right. Okay. So I I think this will actually transform living things into more like the tree probably not effective against tree people might work against the frog uh, but other than that you think they are probably not going to be affected by it got it absent anything better to do i will uh run over to the brush (laughs) and duck into it (laughs) and attempt to hide that is doable uh give me a stealth check my worst roll yet. <laughs> uh, 10 plus 7 is 17. They all see you run into the brush, uh, but they're, no one calls out a location. Uh, the frog does let out a loud, deep croak. Yeah, I don't like that frog. I don't trust it. Uh, is Ted doing anything else? Uh, I think, I mean, I'm already, if I'm already in the brush, I'll, I'll creep a few feet away, right? So that I'm not in the exact location I ran into it draw my short bow and I mean I might as well take a shot uh, what are you shooting 
uh, shortbow. No, I mean, who are you shooting? Oh, um, <laughs> I, at this point, I mean, I think just Belak, I've got to test the bad guy. Sounds good. Uh, do I have advantage for being hidden? You do. You love to hear it. Uh, I rolled a 9 and a 17. That's going to be 20-something to hit. Definitely hits. Then I get to roll a pile of dice. <laughs> 661. 13 plus 3. Uh, 16 damage to Belak. That is a good number of damage. Um, that punctures him right in the side and sticks right in him. It makes like a sound, like like he hit a tree. Um, but he seems to not like that in any way. I did mention I was a rogue archaeologist, didn't I? <laughs> you shot from the bushes? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, I'm, I'm not hidden anymore. <laughs> he uh, pulls the arrow out of his side, uh, and you can see like a, a dark red almost like sap-like fluid seeps out of the wound and then quickly congeals. Gross. And he says, fine, 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 let's kill them all. And then we'll feed them to the tree anyway and see what happens. So let's see. First thing that happens, Erky and Meepo give me a strength saving throw. Yes, finally, something we're all great at. Woohoo! Uh, Erky has zero. And rolled a 10. Nice. Don't think that's going to carry the day. And Meepo has seven strength. <laughs> but he rolls a 19. Look so that's Meepo. like a 17. Oh, my goodness. Okay. So from, from beneath them, the ground erupts into these gray vines that reach out of the ground and try to wrap around all of them. And Erky is quickly entangled. But Meepo, somehow miraculously... Uh, is uh, able to snap some of the vines and, and wrestle free. Stronger than he looks. Yes, Meepo is the strongest and most handsome of the kobolds. Is how they will tell the tale. Mm-hmm. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Balak uh, mutters an incantation. And hmm, let's see, how far away from his original location did Tez move? Uh, I would say... I mean, he would have tried to stay pretty close, so I think he's he maybe stepped back like 10 feet, so he's like 40 feet away. About 10 feet away from you springs into existence a ball of fire about four feet in diameter. <laughs> okay. Uh, and it quickly burns all of the brush directly around it, and then it starts to roll in a slowly widening spiral um, to destroy more of the brush and it eventually bumps into Tez. Uh, give me a deck saving throw. That I'm actually great at. That you are good at. 11 plus 5, 16. That is a success, but you will still take 4 fire damage. Alright. And you are no longer hidden because there's no longer any brush around you. The flaming sphere is still right next to you. Then Meepo and Erky. All right. Uh, Meepo is free, but he's in difficult terrain because the vines are still thrashing about, uh, but he's in no danger of being restrained again. And we said the frog was 60 feet away? Uh, yes, from where they are right now. And it's sitting on a tree branch? Mm-hmm. Meepo looks at Tez, and after he, like, so <laughs> lively navigated the tangle of vines uh, avoiding their you know restraint he grins at Tez and points at the uh, at the frog in the tree and mutters a quick incantation under his breath and says 
snooze, and he casts sleep. This is like a uh, this is a babe. He babe Ruth the frog. <laughs> he babe Ruth the frog. All right, uh, roll five d eight. Twenty one and big number twenty eight. Twenty eight. The frog falls asleep. Does he fall off the branch? <laughs> does fall off the branch and falls twenty feet to the ground for oh wow eight bludgeoning damage, which wakes it up but does not kill it. Lame. The, fr- the frog is prone and it lands with a loud. <laughs> okay. Erky Timbers, who is currently restrained. He can use his action to make a strength check to try to free himself. Um, um, or or deal with it. Can, he can cast spells though, right? Yes. Um, attacks against him are going to have advantage, and he has disadvantage on attacks and can't leave the location. This was an entangle spell. Mm-hmm. You know, is entangle uh, concentration? It's not, right? Uh, you didn't see Bella cast this. Oh, interesting. Oh, it is concentration. Uh, as is the flaming sphere. Okay. Well, you know what? Turnabout is fair play. He will cast Entangle on Belak's party <laughs> using oh. the scroll that we picked up along the way. <laughs> so this is a strength save. Correct. Belak the outcast is Entangle. Yes. Giant frog is out of the radius. Sir Brayford breaks free. Sharwin Hucreel oh, also breaks free. Look at that. Well, they don't really want to fight us anyway. They're our friends. Sure, Yeah. And then the twig blights don't seem to be affected. Lame. All right. Anything else from Murky? Um, no. All right. The twig blights go. So they actually spread out. One heads back towards the frog. One heads out toward uh, Erky and Meepo. And one walks over to Balak and then starts crawling up him. Like it's just walking on him and it puts a spindly stick into his pouch pulls out a potion and pours it down his throat that's disconcerting that's the twig blights now sir brayford who is not entangled all right well he runs up to the entangled irky timbers and you can see again not blinking there doesn't seem to be any emotion on his face when he does it um he just makes a Oh, no, actually, never mind. No, he makes a beeline for Meepo. Sorry. And he takes a swing directly at Meepo. Can he reach Meepo? Uh, because there's he's he's in difficult terrain, and so is Meepo. You're right, you're right. Um, and so, like, aren't we both in, like, a radius of difficult terrain? <laughs> yes. He can get to Meepo, but he's got to spend all his movement. So, yeah, he'll get to Meepo uh, with a, his sword drawn. His dumb stupid sword drawn uh and then with Brayford done actually she moves up to behind and um next to Brayford so she's not in melee but she's adjacent to him and then she casts a spell and three motes of light burst from her fingertips circle over her head and then fly unerringly at Tez. Rude. Take 12 force damage okay. from the magic missile. Three darts slam into your chest. Alright, Sharwin is done, and then that is the end of the round, so I roll a bunch of dice and stuff happens. Okay. Alright, top of the round again. It is Tez's turn. Oh, oh, no, actually, sorry, it is the frog's turn. 
Frog stands from prone. Makes three huge leaps, jumping over all of the entangling vines and landing on the other side, but also behind Sir Brayford. Um, but he needs to use all his movement to get there. Okay. So Frog is done. Now it's Tez. I mean, all three of them moved on Tez's companions and just left Balak alone? Uh, yeah. In the Well, he has he has a creepy twig blight, um, gently feeding him grapes. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> look, I don't know which day of rogue archaeology school Tez learned about geeking the mage. <laughs> but he was there that day. <laughs> and Belak goes next, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, I think I think then Tez is going to run up with uh, he's just going to run up and you know start stabbing, do what he does best. You'll need to use a cunning action to finish your movement because you're running into difficult terrain. That's fine. Then you do it. So you run up and stab away. I would like to use my inspiration to grant myself advantage, please. Because you want, want the sneak to attack. Have sneak attack. Yeah. Yes, do it. Uh, eighteen plus three is uh, sorry. Plus five is twenty-three. Ooh, that is very good, and you hit. Where are you stabbing him? Um, your arrow hit him in the side. Uh, yeah. I mean, like, I, this is. I think in this case, like. This this person is beyond their humanity now. Um, I I don't think Tez really sees them as as a person anymore. Certainly, like not after what's been done to um, Sir Brayford and Sharwin. Like I think he's going like I mean he's a fencer, right? So he's stabbing like and poking, but I think he's going for the throat. Mm. Um, I don't think there's any <laughs> any sort of apology about that. And he rolled really well. That's uh, uh nineteen. Plus three, 22 damage. It's almost max damage. 22 damage? It's almost max. Yeah, I rolled six, six, seven. Jesus Christ. Um, okay, yeah. So Tez has been like pretty pratfally in terms of his damage for this <laughs> like this whole adventure. Seriously. It's nice for him to show up. <laughs> plus, plus a couple of times when you just forgot to add sneak attack damage. Well, that too. <laughs> All right, so Tez has stabbed people before. I mean, we, we've sort of gone into, like, he hasn't killed a ton of people, but he's stabbed people before. You know what it oh, feels definitely. like to have your foil sink into flesh. This doesn't feel like that. Um, you strike true into his throat, and you, you feel it go in, and then there's a lot more resistance than you would normally expect. Um, it's like stabbing a tree. Mm. However, it goes in, and then it, instead of an in-and-out clean wound, you almost need to, like, wrench the sword free in order to get it out and like a, a piece of his throat comes out and out spurts more of that like dark liquid and his eyes roll back into his head and he collapses to the ground. So much for immortality bud. <laughs> Let's see and the flaming sphere flickers out uh, leaving only curling smoke. Does the entanglement disappear? It does not. Hmm. It does not. Spell casting frog. <laughs> <laughs> the frog was the wizard the whole time. Gotta kill that frog witch. All right, Burn that frog done. witch at the stake. Yeah, that's Tez's altar. I think he's done enough, Ishan. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Belloc's eyes open. What? Uh, and you can see that his neck is beginning to knit back together. 
and he slowly, almost painfully, gets back to his feet, leaning heavily on his on his staff to do so, and looks you right in the eye and says, I told you, immortality. Please tell me that's his whole turn. <laughs> <laughs> that was half his movement in order to stand. God. He is going to... Tez, make a constitution saving throw. Aha, I'm great at those. Aha, I have a 12. 11 plus 1. So you save. You only take 5 thunder damage. Crack of thunder, and you feel you are almost knocked off your feet and, and pushed back, but you are able to prevent yourself from being pushed away. Or are you? It's five? Yeah. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. Tez is down. Tez is knocked <laughs> off his feet. So actually, Tez goes down. It ain't great. Things are looking dire. Dire for our heroic trio. It's okay. Tez will just get back up on his turn, just like uh, Belak did. He probably will, actually, right? Because that was Belak. Now it's Meepo and Erky. Dream Team is here. <laughs> Uh, okay. Meepo is a sorcerer, if I recall. Indeed. And he is not restrained. He is adjacent to Sir Brayford. I mean, that's not Uh, ideal. But there are also, I think, many scrolls. (sighs) Yeah, so... Hmm. Most of his... Most of the scrolls that we have are uh, arranged, so... Like, his scrolls aren't particularly useful with Brayford in his face. And his terrible attack bonus. Brayford has a terrible attack bonus? No, Meepo's terrible attack bonus. Oh, yeah, it's not great. Now, he does a pack tactics. So, depending on who he's attacking, it will negate the disadvantage from being in melee if he uses the head knocker. Is Belak still next to Tez? Yes, because Tez did not get pushed away. Oh, wait, but no, you're unconscious, so... Oh, right, so that wouldn't matter. Uh, right. Um, he does. He would have a flat on Sir Brayford right in front of him. I mean, how tough does Sir Brayford look? He's wearing chain mail, and he has a shield. He's tough to hit, but he doesn't look particularly nimble. Yeah. And one thing you do know about the adventuring party that's set out from Mistmarsh, they were definitely neophytes. Right. I mean, the ranger, Caracas, uh, got killed by a giant rat. <laughs> Good point. However, Meepo also has a non-magical sling. Oh, he has Green Flame Blade. Oh, that's true. Uh, if he needed to. Wow. For the first time ever? Uh, oh, actually, for the first time ever. And also, they're all next to each other, aren't they? Mm-hmm. So he could actually... Jason, as is he the could frog. Actually, yeah, he could actually hit Sharwin then. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's his best option, because that lets him actually make a melee attack. Let's do it. Um, okay. All right. So, he will Green Flame Blade. He will call upon his draconic fury channel it through his dagger (laughs) and stab this fool amazing did you crit no no, it's not not, it is a 19 on the die though okay okay (laughs) that's good enough i mean was that or a one (laughs) (laughs) that's the only thing yeah uh a 19 hits he doesn't get any bonus damage, I don't believe, so that will be just the D4. 
three plus two. That's five damage to Sir Brayford. And then, uh, because math works really well in this game, the second creature takes fire damage equal to your spellcasting ability modifier. So Sharwin takes minus one fire damage. I believe it is minimum one damage, though. It doesn't say that. I think it was eroded. Let's just go with minimum one damage. Okay, so one fire damage to Sharwin. One fire damage. And more importantly, testing an important theory of, does the fire seem to hurt her more? Ah, it does not seem to hurt her more. Very lame. Uh, Sir Brayford takes it like a champ. That hurt him. And again, the same like dark icker oozes mm. from his wound. He's up. He's not He's not great, but he's up. Well, speaking of up, but not great, <laughs> is it Erky's turn? Uh, is Meepo going to move at all? I, I don't think he, he can't, right? I, I mean, mean he, could, he could reposition. Mm. Are he and Erky next to each other? Or are they? Yeah, but like okay. what What would they? I don't, I don't know what, how could he reposition in a way that benefits either of them i don't think he really can and i don't think he has the hit points to risk it so i think he'll just stay where he is okay erky uh, still restrained yep doesn't matter at all he utters a blessing of onatar and tez his eyes open. <laughs> All right, how many HP? <laughs> uh, it's healing word, so not many. <laughs> so here's the thing about Erky Timbers. Um, he was just pretending to be a cleric of Onachar. He's actually an artificer, and now he doesn't need to hide the way that he casts spells. Uh, so what does Erky <laughs> do to cast healing word? <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I think there's a. Uh, I think he has a. Uh, he's probably in a gauntlet or something like, like a, a bracer. He's mm-hmm. got, um, he's got like a, a dial that's sort of hidden in it that, uh, maybe like one of the panels of the bracer just kind of spins and, uh, he directs his, like, as he motions his hands, he points one towards Tez and, uh, he feels a jolt of, uh, healing energy. All right. How many HP? Uh, two plus two is four hit points for our hero, Tez. Hey, four is more than he has gotten previously. That's, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, so that's a bonus action. Which means we're going to Sacred Flame. <laughs> um, yep, that works. So that is a dexterity saving throw. Who is getting the Sacred Flame? You have three twig blights, uh, yeah. frog in range, Brayford right in front of him Sharwin and then Belak who seems immortal Belak who seems mortal immortal Immortal. yeah Mm. very very annoying I bet that offer seems better now Uh, he's going to target Sir Brayford okay Brayford has taken the most damage dexterity saving throw that is a 6 that is d8 damage Radiant purifying flames worth six damage. <laughs> six. Brayford looks definitely the worst for wear. I would say even, oh, I don't know if he had blood bloodied. Uh, and then that is Erky's turn. Twig blights. 
One stays on Belak. One begins moving back toward the scrum that's developing. And one is already in it and walks up to Erky because he's restrained, so it has advantage. That is a 16 AC on Erky, which I believe hits a gnome for four piercing damage. Erky is standing proud. Sir Brayford is up and he lifts his shiny longsword and swings at Meepo, who's not restrained. 20 AC. Yeah, that's going to hit old Meepo. I will hit Meepo, but instead of hitting Meepo, Sir Brayford attacks Meepo's flaming dagger and attempts to sunder it. (laughs) Okay. Because he is using... We can't afford We can't afford three gold for more daggers. <laughs> because Sir Brayford is using the worst magic item in the history of Dungeons, Dungeons and Dragons, Shatter Spike, whose only purpose is to, to destroy loot. Okay. <laughs> uh, so let's see. Sir Brayford wields Shatter Spike, a magic longsword. Hold on. I just need to pull this up because I think it has some dumb nonsense tied to it. Which also forces me to look up the item HP rules. All right. The the hit is automatically a critical hit. Great. The dagger takes 11 damage. Is it broken? Yes, it is. It is sundered. It is cleaved in twain. And poor Meepo no longer has a dagger. Although, I don't know. Does he have a spare dagger? He might be very well might. I think we have a handful of daggers. I've collected quite a few daggers. You all have a lot of daggers. Yeah, Yeah. We're daggered out, you know. But hey, Sir Brayford feels good about it because he got to use Shatter Spike. Really, really glad. If any listeners think I'm going easy on the party, that is literally the directions in the module. <laughs> Sir Brayford attempts to sunder weapons. <laughs> is it useful? Nah. <laughs> All right, Sharwin. So her head sort of swivels. Um, again, eyes unblinking, but she is, seems to be surveying the situation. And she... She fires darts from her fingertips again. Mm. But this time they fly unerringly at That's not good. It's not great. So let's see. And he takes 10 force damage. Okay, that's good. He's alive. That's all our best boy can hope for. (laughs) So three bolts of force shoot from her fingertips and slam into poor Meepo's chest, who now has a little bit of smoke rising from uh, his chest and no longer has a dagger in hand. Bereft, poor Meepo. That is the end of the round and more dice rolling happens. Interesting. Tez Proudio may want to thank Erky Timbers at some point. At that moment, from behind you, suddenly there is a brief inferno. As emerging from the brush comes a six and a half foot tall pyre. Yes! <laughs> Skelebro! Skelebro! <laughs> Skelebro, now completely engulfed in flames. 
ambles out of what used to be brush, uh, but now is uh, just smoke and fire. Um, and you can see the remnants of twig blights attempting to attack it and utterly failing because Skelebro still has Sanctuary up. <laughs> uh, and they, they fall and, and crumble almost immediately, even those that make contact with it. Um, now, Shane, we've talked yes. about this before. When you command an undead, it continues to carry out that command until it is given a different command. What was the command that you would have given Scalabro when telling it to go out and burn the field? <laughs> I think I would have told him to burn the field and meet me at the tree. <laughs> <laughs> well, you haven't given uh, you haven't used a bonus action to give Scalabro uh, another command and so that's <laughs> Oh dear. So that is exactly what Scalabro does. He's going to um, go give the, the tree com- a hug. Completely ignores the scrum. Does not care about Balak the Outcast. <laughs> does not care about the other roaming twig blights or this weird giant frog uh, or really any of its friends. But ambles right past them and given Scalabro's speed, brings it right to the tree, which it pauses for a second and then you can see this isn't something Skelebro's done before it sort of cranes its skull up to look at the tree and then it opens its arms wide which are still clutching two ashen torches and it leans into the tree to embrace it and the flames (laughs) begin to lick the tree and Balak for the first time screams oh Okay. I thought Skelebro was being consumed by the tree, but it sounds like maybe he's consuming. <laughs> you know, more than one thing can happen. <laughs> so, let's see. <laughs> Wait, don't get consumed by the tree. You're my thesis. <laughs> and you can see the flames are beginning to blacken the sides of part of the tree. And that's the end of the round. We're back at the top. The frog attempts to bite Urky Timbers, who is still currently entangled. All right, giant frog. Here comes a bite. That is a 19 AC. That'll hit. Uh, Urky only takes three piercing damage, but he is grappled and restrained. It's. I, I mean, great. Don't, don't, no, don't matter. Can't, can't triple stamp a double stamp. <laughs> uh, the frog is medium size. It is, in fact, larger than Erky. Uh, and it really looks like it is trying to maneuver the rest of its mouth around his entire body. So if it gets another shot, it's probably going to try to eat him. Okay. That's the frog. Tez, you're up. Belak seemed like he was... Is he panicking or is he actually hurt? Uh, you didn't see like a wound open up on him. He's still like up and conscious and mobile, but he is staring at Skelebro in the tree. Uh, he doesn't seem panicked anymore. He seems angry. (laughs) Okay. How far are we from the tree? Like we're like, like pretty close to Uh, it. Now you're, you're 30 feet, 30 feet from the tree. Okay. The scrum is 60 feet from the tree. You are 30 feet from the tree. Got it. Okay. Yes. Cool. Usually we use maps. (laughs) <laughs> Tess 
my boy, what are you doing? He's living on a prayer here. Okay, so here's the thing. is On one hand, Tez has a potion of healing, which he could quickly pilfer through his... Fast hands. He could bonus action it. Yeah, 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 exactly. So he could use that as a bonus action and then do something. But he just like got a huge hit on Belak, and it apparently did nothing. Um, so he can do that again, which is probably not effective. He can go deal with the scrum, which is in difficult terrain, which isn't really that great of an idea for him. Do you remember when we were in his study, Yishin, and Tez took all of his papers? Mm-hmm that had all of his notes about all the surrounding area and all that. Indeed. Tez will pull those out of his bag. (laughs) If you recall, those were his plan B. Uh Uh-huh. Leverage, I believe he called it. And he says, Obelic, sure would be a shame if your work were to go up and smoke too, huh? And he flashes the sheaf of paper as he heads to the tree to throw it in. He... you You can see when you make eye contact with him, he is shooting you daggers with his eyes. And he gives this, like, smug grimace and says, and you call yourself an academic. Erky, Meepo, we're burning it all down, boys. <laughs> Erky gives this, like, whoop. Yeah, yeah, timbers, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's what, I, I guess that's what Tess is going to do, is he's going to run to the tree, throw the papers into the like blossoming bonfire and I, I don't know stab the tree is that a thing how do you just dist- how does tez destroy a tree <laughs> <laughs> okay so i've got fire i just use fire you you do have fire yeah and there is also currently fire in front of you in the form of uh an effigy of a six and a half foot tall elf yeah <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to use my friend. <laughs> like, I'm not going to like borrow a burning arm. <laughs> Can I give it back? Um, okay. Yes. I mean, I mean, Tez is going to know that stabbing a tree isn't going to do much. Yeah. I, I have torches. Can I use torches as a weapon against yes. the tree? Okay. Yes, you can use torches. All right. I will be um, using my torch. I carry 10 pounds of torches into this stupid dungeon, and I plan to use a couple <laughs> more of them. Um, instead of like playing this as like roll and attack roll with your dumb torch you know against a stationary tree um give me use the torch and give me a skill check and describe to me how you are fanning the flames or setting a new fire or whatever ah yes uh i'm going to persuade the tree Uh, mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) that it would like to burn so it leans it now wait hold on do you do you want to delve deep into the recesses of your mind and try to speak psychically to the tree (laughs) absolutely not (laughs) okay (laughs) i'm just saying it's an option it's an option uh okay uh no but here is uh this is some classic D player fuckery mm-hmm. uh i am going to use my acrobatic skill to get to the like uh, because burning the the like main trunk of the tree is not useful uh, right is this because you haven't gotten to use acrobatics yet because there's nothing yes i exactly <laughs> and also it's the highest role i can justify so <laughs> but i need to i need to get to like the thinner like reedier parts of the tree cuz yeah. those might actually light like the trunk of a tree is going to take a long time to burn i need to get like there's an apple up there <laughs> there is 
a bright red fruit up at the top of this, and smoke is beginning to gather around it. I'm bu- I'm trying to like I'm gonna acrobatics my way up to it. I'm going to like that's what I'm trying to do is get the fly like the like get the higher branches to light so that they will burn through the apple. I am now just like a petulant college kid <laughs> who is smashing smashing somebody's work. You want to get the you basically want to turn this tree into a Roman candle. Yes. Tez is a college student and he, he has, knows how to have a frat party. He he, he knows how to teepee a tree. <laughs> he also has um a hundred feet of hemp and rope. You're oh my god. <laughs> Tez can make basically a quick a wick. Not and then yes, exactly. Um and then try to acrobatics his way up the tree, probably in some sort of clockwise motion to wrap the tree in highly flammable hemp and rope. Yes. How does that sound? That sounds perfect. Let's see how right. well I do on it. Let's see. Ishan, I think you're going to be proud of me. I rolled a 13. That's an 18 total. That is a good total. Okay, so you moved 30 feet to the tree, so you have another 30 feet of movement, right? Yeah. And you climb at full speed. Yeah. Okay. We already determined that that piece of fruit is 60 feet up you get halfway up easily finding handholds in the knotty wood and parkouring from branch to branch thank you uh, as as fire leaps directly behind you you know those old looney tunes where you open a keg of gunpowder light one end of it and then run quickly before it catches up to you (laughs) yes that's kind of what tez is doing that's probably where he got the inspiration all right you are halfway up this tree uh, the fire is still coming for you. This tree is starting to light up. Um, and Belak again screams. And this time there's a little bit of panic in his voice. Uh, almost like um, watching something you love. Go up and smoke. Erky. Erky, burn the tree. Burn the tree! Meepo. Uh, Keep doing great things. <laughs> Meepo cannot help it. So that was Tez. However, it is now Belak's turn. He's not going to use Flaming Sphere. That's for sure. (laughs) Actually, you're 30 feet up. I don't know that he can get to you. This is by design. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I have four hit points. (laughs) Okay. So he'll run to the side of the tree, and he will Thunder Wave Scalabro. That's what he's going to do. So Skelebro makes a con save. Skelebro was made for con saves. He rolled a six. I don't even need to look up the modifier. Twelve thunder damage and is slammed against the side of the tree. And literally every bone in its body is shattered and it crumples to the ground. You'll be back, Skelebro. Don't worry. Maybar will will reunite you. (laughs) Will Uh, reunite us. So the fire at the base of the tree dies down a little bit, uh, but it continues to lick the middle branches directly below Tez's feet. That's Belak. Now it's Meepo and Erky. So Meepo is in a face-off with Sir Brayford and Sharwin and the giant frog. Meepo has pulled this trick before he casts his hand about 
hands about and whispers, sleep. <laughs> All right, roll the 5d8. Uh, and he's targeting the um, the scrum, obviously not hitting himself. And, uh, right, Oroki. Yeah, that's definitely doable. All right, it's 10 on the first two. Four is 14. I don't think I'm going to get there. 21. 21. 21 hit points of sleeps. 21? You know what that does? Sir Brayford and the frog both fall asleep. Yes. Leaving the mage, Sharwin, alone. Uh, that also means Erky's no longer restrained. and Well, he's still restrained, I guess, but no longer grappled. <laughs> yes, no longer grappled by the frog. Uh, <laughs> okay. Good job, Meepo. Taking out two enemies. Uh, Erky's up. And for the first time, he can actually use his full capability. He's an artificer, isn't he? Mm-hmm. Not a cleric? Right. That explains why he had that scorching race scroll. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't it? There's a lot of things that in hindsight, if you go back and listen, will make a lot more sense if Erky is an artificer and a, an MI6 agent. Uh-huh. Erky, the tree, the tree. Uh, actually, what does Erky think? What does Erky make of this situation? And I'm happy to roll like an insight or, or something for this, but like of like what he should do. Yeah, I mean, because Erky he just wants went. to destroy the tree. Like you think okay. he was serious when he said like, you know, his last name is Timbers. <laughs> okay, yeah, you're right. Scorching ray to the tree. All, it's level two. It's all three rays are going to the tree. Uh, the tree has an AC of ten. Roll it. 11, 10. Oh, God. And he missed. That's only a 7 on the last one. So. Oof. Okay, so that's 2d6, 4d6. 4d6 total, yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, that was a good deal better. Uh, 18, 6, 6, 5, 1. 18 fire damage to the tree. Because it is a tree, it is vulnerable to fire. And so it takes 36, and Erky Timbers destroys the tree by punching two huge holes in it with a scorching ray. As only someone named Timbers could properly do. (laughs) However, what is happening now is this great tree uh, is beginning to lean and will soon, very soon, topple over. With Tez Proudgale still high up in the branches, yet a bright red fruit even higher. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> Hoisted by my own petard. <laughs> the twig blights and Sharwin, because Sir Brayford is asleep, all turn to look at, crane their heads almost impossibly around to look at the tree. Uh, and then begin to converge on the druid, and the twig blight on his face attacks him. Oh, they're attacking Belak? Uh, and Sharwin uses a ray of frost against him. You can tell that he was basically just hanging on by a thread, uh, and it freezes one of his arms while a twig blight gouges out his eyes, and he falls to the ground and does not move again.
immortality. However, Sharwin doesn't seem to snap out of it once the druid's dead. Ooh. Uh, is, is she aggressive towards us? Uh, you're not sure yet. She's hasn't had a chance to do anything else yet. And it is Tez's turn. We still have the frog. Nope, the frog and Sir Brayford are asleep. Uh, we have three twig blights and a Sharwin. Uh, oh, and Tez, Tez is in a tree. And I'm in a burning tree. <laughs> uh, it's going to fall uh, imminently, definitely this round. Yeah. Uh, you are 30 feet up. You can climb to 60 feet up, but if it falls while you're up there, you're going to take 66 falling damage. Discretion is the greater part of valor. Mm-hmm. And Tez doesn't really know what that means, <laughs> but he does know when it's time to get out of a burning tree. <laughs> and so he's going to speedily climb back down the tree, back to terra firma. So he's going to abandon the fruit. He's going to abandon the fruit, yes. Mm, give me a deck saving throw. You've got to get through those flames. I'm good at that. I'm pretty good at that. 12 plus 5, 17. That's a success, so you're only going to take three fire damage. <laughs> you're I just hate a you so much. <laughs> little bit singed. I hate you so much. Tez has one hit point. <laughs> okay, yeah, so when he gets off the tree, is it, like, is there any any indication of, like, hostility with Sharwin or the twig blights? Uh, you can see that they seem to be, the the twig blights, like, one attacked Belak, and then the others sort of, like, shifted direction almost immediately once he fell and do seem to be coming for you, yes. Okay. Uh, then I'm and Sharwin quickly... still has that same unblinking look. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Then I'm going to quickly take a potion of healing. Mm-hmm. So that's eight hit points with fast hands. And then are they at the base of the tree as well? The... No, they're 30 feet away. Uh, one twig, lo- twig blight is at the base of the tree along with uh, Belak. And the two other twig blights are 30 feet away as is Sharwin. Gotcha. I won't be undone by these twig blights, but I think Sharwin needs to be released from... I don't know. I'm just going to attack the twig blight. That's what's in front of me. That's what's currently in my way. Okay. Twig blight. The base of the tree. Yeah, you're going down. Uh, 15 plus 5 is 20. That's a hit. And that's going to just be a regular D8. Oh, well, 8.3, or 8 plus 3 is 11. Well, it, you split it in two easily. Okay. The, uh, Tez takes absolutely no time to stop and consider this. He climbs down from the tree, has his uh, rapier in hand, simply stabs through the bundle of twigs. <laughs> flicks them back into the fire. It, it flicks them back <laughs> to the fire and then continues marching towards the uh, sleeping enemies, particularly that nasty frog, uh, but also Sharwin. Uh, swigging a potion on the way. Swigging a potion. Excellent. Not looking back at the flames, you know, because cool guys <laughs> don't look at explosions. Obviously. All right, Belak, dead. Meepo. Is anybody next to, to Sharwin? Is she next uh, to... Right uh, now, right now, no. No, okay. Well, that's Meepo's main thing. <laughs> there is the frog unconscious, and there is Sir Brayford unconscious. Yeah. I mean, I feel like that's what Meepo would do, right? Meepo's gonna... Meepo's gonna eat. 
I I mean, he's brave only to a point. I think he's going to make sure that Sir Brayford is dead uh, and (laughs) pull another of his daggers. Okay. (laughs) No one in this party can use Shatter Spike. Mm, No, he's just asleep. Okay, so make an attack roll Uh, with advantage. Uh, 17 plus 4. That hits, and because you're adjacent and he's unconscious, it's a critical hit. All right. 2d4 plus 2. It's two threes, so that's eight more damage. Okay. Now, is Meepo actually trying to kill Sir Brayford? Because this is a melee attack, so he could knock him out. I don't think Meepo has any sense of, like this type of morality right like i think kobolds are just a more brutal society like they're at war with goblins constantly deaths happen i don't think he considers like a death of a combatant to be any type of taboo so i don't think he wants to eat this because obviously these things don't actually look like anything edible but uh i don't think he has any qualms about just killing sir brayford certainly don't doesn't look like it tastes good at all uh, I'm yeah, not so sure this, Tez has any qualms right now, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so this is straight up just like a, a coup de gras. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and that was enough damage to finish it off. But yeah, in in the fiction, Meepo pulls a dagger and just, does he cut his throat or stab him in the heart? Uh, I think, it, I think I, I don't think he's precise like that. Like, mm. uh, he's precise with a head knocker. I think the dagger is just like several stabs to the chest. <laughs> Right, it's a, it's a. I mean, it's probably not that messy, right? Because these things are kind of sappy icker. But uh, if it were a normal body, it would be messy. <laughs> Good to know for the future. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. The multiple wounds all ooze uh, a bit of that same dark sap, and then Sir Brayford does not move. Erky, uh, and Erky gets a little bit of like a, a grim look in his face when he sees this happen, but he doesn't move to stop it in any way. <laughs> Classic Erky compromise. <laughs> uh, okay, so Sharwin seems to be the only threat to us really remaining. I guess you said there's a twig blight too, right? Uh, and an unconscious frog. Yeah, I don't care about the unconscious frog. Mm. Um, yes, the villain of Arc 2. <laughs> <laughs> I think Erky's gonna would shout to Tez and ask, like... Well, no, no, no. I don't think he would. I think Erky, Erky would, for himself, like, does he think that Sharwin can be saved in any way? Erky's thinking to himself? Yeah, I don't think he would kill her if he thought there was a way of saving her, but I also don't think he would risk it if he didn't think there was. Right. Um, have Erky do an arcana or a medicine check? Well, he does have medicine but he does have me rolling. That's our first one. Ooh. Okay. It's not that Erky thinks there isn't a way to save her. He just knows that he doesn't know. Okay. He thinks there then certainly he's... could be, but he's just in the dark. Yeah, then he's he's going to do what he needs to do to finish it then. I don't think... Uh... Yeah, I don't think he would take a chance. Okay, so uh, what's he going to do? I think the best way for him to do that is probably Guiding Bolt. Ooh, okay. Uh, which I think is a level two scroll that we have. So that oh, didn't you extra. use that up? Or did you get another one? 
on guiding. Uh, did we? Yeah, that's how you killed Drin. Ah, uh, you might be right. Okay. Um. Well, then he has Mel's acid arrow, <laughs> which that's is true. the next best way. Mm-hmm. Then that will be da, 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 range spell attack. Fifteen plus four, nineteen versus AC. Mm-hmm. And on a hit, takes forty-four acid damage immediately, and two d four the end of its next turn. All right, roll it. Four two, two and two. Uh, so ten. Ten acid damage, and another two d four the end of her next turn. It hits her square, and you can see that it quickly begins eating away at um, the woody exterior, and there are like large chunks of her uh, almost melting away, weeping this this dark sap. Um, and she she stumbles, but she's still up. You are sure that in the next round, uh, the rest of the acid will take her out. Uh, and now, let's see, that was Erky. The remaining twig blights have succumbed to the spreading fire. Brayford is dead, Sharwin is down, and the tree falls. Uh, the question is... Does it fall towards Tez or away? Yeah. So it falls toward the direction of where the scrum was. <laughs> is it 60 feet tall? It is a 60 foot tall tree. <laughs> Great. Uh, so is that going to be some deck saves? Is that what I'm hearing? Uh, yes. Tez, deck save. Meepo, deck save. Erky. Does he have disadvantage uh, or does he automatically I, fail? <laughs> right. Restrained, I think, is just disadvantage. All right. I'll roll his first. That's a 10 and a 1. Going to go ahead and just say he does not succeed. Great. Uh, Meepo, also not great. A 5 plus 2 is 7. Tez, obviously the hero of our story. A 14 plus 5. 19. 19 is good. I don't think anybody expected it to be Tez being the one patching everyone up at the end of this, but here we are. Jesus. Okay. I rolled very, very, very low on that, so you're welcome. Thank you. Tez will take five bludgeoning damage. Oh, sweet. And and, uh, Meepo and Erky will both take ten as a giant tree lands on them. The position that they are in, basically the top branches slam into them. Mm. Are they both still conscious? Uh, Erky has never been better. Meepo? (laughs) Doing great. Not so good. He he was not a threat of instant death, but uh, he is down. Unconscious. Correct. Okay, so um, how about that? How about that sleeping? Uh, oh right, that frog <laughs> rolls a two, squashed flat. <laughs> I don't think he could have made a deck save when you're unconscious. Uh, oh right, auto fail. Yeah. Um, okay, I want to stay in initiative order, however. So the tree falls. Tez is barely able to dodge out of the way, and a few branches still swipe at him because it's an entire tree falling on him. And he spies, because it's now in quick motion, 
the bright red flash of that fruit sailing over his head and landing right between Meepo and Erky because it is 60 feet in the air and it fell 60 feet away. And hmm, give me... I mean, just give me a history check, I guess. I always want to say insight, one. but you're not really... Not really thinking about history. <laughs> uh, Tez is not concerned about history. He's concerned about Meepo. Oh, that's lovely. That's really nice. You see uh, it fall on Meepo. And it is... Oh, you know what? So the tree also... The branches also hit Sharwin. Um, and that seems to do it. Like, that oh. finally knocks her out. Okay. And, but the acid is still eating away at her. Okay, so Tez is up. You've just dodged the tree, and your friends have just been smashed by it. And we see the the apple on the ground? Uh, it disappears into the high branches, but from what you could tell, it landed basically where your companions are. Okay, I don't think there's any way that Tez isn't immediately running to Meepo to try and get him to safety even if that means just like picking him up by the collar and dragging him out um give me an acrobatics check yet another thing i'm good at 11 plus 7 is no 11 plus 5 is 16 basically this entire area now is an upturned tree so you're basically scrambling over branches but tez is able to hop over them on them somersaults over the tallest ones to get to meepo as quickly as possible so he can ignore the difficult terrain uh, and move 30 feet to get to Meepo. And then grab him <laughs> and try to carry him free. He is definitely unconscious. Uh, he's not pinned or anything because this, these, these are the top levels of the branches. It just seemed to basically slam into them. There's a bit of a depression in the soft ground, a kobold-shaped depression. So you, you pick up Meepo. Uh, I, I th- I'm thinking it's more of a combat drag. Mm-hmm. You know, like just grabbing him and, and just dragging him out, like clear of the tree. Cause it's still like, it was on fire. It's smoky. It's ashy. I, you know, it just, it seems like a bad situation. You can see the fruit not far away at all. Do you go for that too? Or do you ignore it? Erky. Erky, are you okay? Oh yeah. Never, never better. The, the tree fought back, but what are you going to do? Erky, I think, I think that fruit's poison. I think it needs to be destroyed. Oh, yes, definitely. I agree. Can you do that or do I need to? <laughs> I I'm all right. With the smoke in my lungs. <laughs> I'll handle it. Trust me. All right. I'm trusting you because I'm trusting in the trust. <laughs> but not the trust. Our trust. <laughs> it's a lot of smoke. All right. You drag Meepo free. Uh, he's unconscious. Yes. He, his limp form is cut and, and bruised, but he's still breathing, uh, at least for now. I have no means of actually helping him. <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> oh, You're out of potions. I don't have any more potions. Oof, wow. So he's just in your arms, and is there anything else that you can or want to do on your turn? Because uh, Meepo's next. I, I mean, I don't. do I have actions left to make a medicine check or something? Uh, yes, because you've only used move. You've only moved. Okay, I guess I'm using him as an object to fast <laughs> with fast hands. <laughs> uh, no, this will be this will be your action. Got it. All right. So medicine. 
Ah, 15 plus 2. Hey, look at that. A stabilize. A- what does an untrained Tez do to stabilize his boon companion? Oh, I think it's... I, I actually... I don't think I do anything to stabilize. I think I just check him over and find him stable. Oh, okay. Um, so, so yeah, when, when Meepo fell, right, like he wasn't severely at risk. It was just I managed to check he is breathing. He is, you know he'll be okay it just i got him clear it's all good so perhaps a bit of a boon from aladra uh maybe does aladra look look after kobolds though i feel like the the hosts are kind of weird about some of that it's uh luck kobolds have does it does it feel like it's your lucky day i guess i feel lucky i feel lucky that my companion meepo is still here with me uh all right so we can break out of initiative order because all the scary stuff uh, has been resolved. Meepo is not in danger of dying. Um, Erky takes a little bit longer than you would expect to handle getting free and destroying the fruit. Erky? Um, but But he does show up. Erky? Hey, you're both alive. This is great. This was a really successful first mission. Remember that thing about trust, Turkey? Oh, absolutely. I trust you. You trust each other. This is this is great. Where's the apple, Erky? The what? Oh, I destroyed it. Did you destroy it, Erky? Well, I mean, I cut it open. And did you destroy it? Uh, I mean, half of it, half of it was already destroyed. It was kind of burnt. I would like to see if I trust him. (laughs) You can make an insight check. Actually, no, forget it. Don't make an insight check. He says, but at first I did a little experiment. Erky. I was reminded of the legend of this fruit, that it can cure all ailments. Erky, what have you done? I uh, fed a piece of it to to the girl. And... I think she's getting better. Uh, Tez is kind of stunned. Get her out of the tree. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, just in case she turns into some sort of horrible tree monster again, I I left her over there. But she's not under the tree anymore. But, man, this this fruit does wonders. I understand why people want it. it. It's tainted. We have to destroy it. You can't keep it. Oh, maybe. I don't know. I think she would say something different about that. I did. I did destroy it. It's gone. It's gone. It's all gone. I fed her part of it. Part of it was burnt. Part of it was... Gone. Finding its way back into your pack. It is no longer here, and it is no longer anyone's concern. So... Trust me. Is this... Are you being clever? Did you hide this in a bag of holding I didn't know you had? Is that why it's no longer here, Erky? I, I'm a rogue archaeologist. I play these games. <laughs> if I'm going to be your handler. You're then... not my handler, first <laughs> of all. You're my one-time companion, as it's looking like, Erky, and we have to do the right thing. Oh, Tez. Oh, Tez. You don't understand. We've, uh, we've got a, a lot of work ahead of us. A lot of really interesting, really rewarding, really enriching work. And he reaches into his pocket and tosses you uh, what sounds like a, 
a metal disc from the ring it makes as it sails through the air at you. Tez, Tez sighs as he catches it because he knows what this is. <laughs> it <laughs> like, is, of course, a badge that says R-D-E-T. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's been great working with you and I'm really looking forward to our adventures or your adventures. I don't know if I'll always be there. Um, you should look at, look after the girl though. I think, I think she's going to be all right. And I don't know. Doesn't she have an adult human mother who wants to see her? She does. Erky. This isn't what you're doing. Isn't right. Mm, I don't know about right. Uh, but it is the right thing for Zalargo. And he starts taking a few steps back, waves his hand, and then fades away. Tez will go check on Sharwin. She's unconscious, but she seems completely unharmed. All of her wounds have knit up. Um, she's still a little, like, pallid, but color is coming back into her skin. Uh, and the growths you can see have already started to fall off. Okay, I am. I will pull her free of the tree then, um, and make sure that she's like over, you know, with Meepo, uh, and then I will start searching uh, through the the I guess the wreckage <laughs> for any type of anything I can use to help uh, to help get them back on their feet. Maybe Bellic still has more potions because I know he had some. He definitely has some potions. He has uh, three potions of healing. Okay, I will use I will use one on Meepo first. Mm-hmm. Because Meepo's my boy. That's and obvious. His eyes flutter open and he says Oh did we win? Meepo, you're a hero. Oh yes, yes. Yes, yes. And I look good doing it. <laughs> We're not quite done though, bud. Oh, a nap first? No, not that either. I need you to grab that head knocker. We need to be very careful here. Uh, well, I guess first things first, Erky's gone. Didn't say goodbye. Kind of a jerk about it. Not real happy. Um, well, didn't say goodbye to you. Did say goodbye to me. But again, not really happy about that situation. Uh, also, kind of interesting news. He fed the fruit to Sharwin. And Tez kind of motions to her, kind of lying motionless on the ground it looks like it works so I'm gonna try and get her back up but if we're wrong gonna need that head knocker he looks at the body and he nods knowingly and says snacks always make Meepo feel better alright but he stands dusts himself off pulls out the head knocker and gets ready I mean I I think Tez has a rapier in one hand and a potion in the other. <laughs> and, like, he's gonna, you know, pour a little of the, the potion down Sharwin's throat and then kind of, like, hop away in, like, a fencer's pose, you know, like, ready to keep her at arm's length with his rapier if he needs to. So, again, she's totally unharmed, but the, the potion seems to act as, you know, basically smelling salt. So, like, after a few seconds, Tez has danced back to a safe uh, position she sort of starts like moving her head back and forth and her, her eyes flutter open 
Uh, she takes a moment to get her bearings, and she seems definitely confused about where she is. And she turns her head to the side, sees you, and then says, Where is my brother? I... And let's let's stop there. And we'll find out what happens next, next week. Let's talk about how our listeners can get in contact with us. We do love hearing from you. You can tweet at Shane at Mundangerous. That's M-U-N Dangerous. And you can tweet at Ishan at Evil Sans Carne. That's Malice minus Meat. And you can tweet at the show at TPT Cast. You can also email us at TotalPartyThrill at gmail.com. And you can find us on the web at www.totalpartythrill.com. We're also on Facebook and Instagram at Total Party Thrill. And join the conversation on Discord. There's a link in the show notes. Oh, man, join the conversation on Discord, okay? Because, like, there's a lot of it. <laughs> this is true. <laughs> Many memes. Come see all the stuff that you're missing. Uh, and before we wrap up, we want to take a moment and thank our Patreon supporters. Your support is what makes it possible for us to keep doing this show. So if you'd like to learn more, you can check out all of our rewards at patreon.com slash totalpartythrill. All right, what do we have planned for next week's episode? We're concluding our playthrough of Sunless Citadel. Well, that's it for actual play episode 13 of Total Party Thrill. I hope we live up to our name, but either way, I'm Shane. And I'm Ishan. Thanks for listening. 